All right, it's Father's Day, people. Come on now. Come on now. Hey, I got a cool announcement. Um, if you'll throw it up on the, uh, I almost said TV, <laughs> up on the screen for us. Um, we have a super cool night coming up. We're calling it Sozo Nights. How many of you came to Sozo last fall? Okay, an amazing time, okay? Um, so basically, if you've ever seen like a Bethel Sunday night service or a Bethel like Friday night service, okay? That is a great picture of what Sozo nights are going to look like. We're going to do Sozo nights every other month. And so we're going to pick a Sunday night and listen, we're just going to come and we're going to worship and we're going to prophesy and we're going to pray over each other. And it's just going to be, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, like, I'm not putting, like, an end time. Like, it ends when it ends. You know what I mean? Like, when Jesus wants it to be done. So uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome night. Our first one's coming up in August. We're kind of waiting to get past, you know, summertime vacations. Uh, so we'll have our first one in August. And then, actually, in September, we're going to have Sozo again. We're just going to take a few days and just kind of bask in the presence of God and see what Jesus wants to do and uh, let him change our lives. Amen? All right, if you got a Bible, open up your Bible, okay? Go to John uh, 21, okay? Uh, John 21. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have it on the screen uh, for you this morning. Okay? And I'm actually going to be reading out of the message translation uh, this morning. It's kind of lengthy. We're going to go verse 1 through 19, so... Here we go. Okay. It says this, after this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples at the time of the Sea of Galilee. And so this is how it went. Simon Peter, Thomas, uh, Nathaniel, um, the sons of Zebedee, and the two disciples were together with Simon. Peter announced this. He said, I'm going fishing. And you got to understand, this is right after Jesus has died. Peter has denied Jesus three times. He feels pretty low, okay? He feels like a failure. I don't know if you guys have ever felt that way before. I have in my faith moments where I feel like I've totally let Jesus in heaven down, and I want to crawl in a hole. And so what does Peter do? He goes, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to what is comfortable to me. And so Peter goes, guess what, guys? You know what? I failed Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He's gone. We don't know what's going on in the world right now. We don't know what's happening. We don't have identity. Let's just go back to what we once had identity in. And so Peter decides, hey, let's go fishing. And the rest of them uh, went. And they went to the boat, and it says this, they caught nothing all night. And when the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to him, good morning. Wouldn't that be awesome to hear Jesus say good morning to you? I'd be like, oh, cool, man, good morning. Yeah, and he says this, did you catch anything for breakfast? And the response was no. So Jesus replies, hey, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and see what happens. Now, the fishermen, you know, this is like heresy, okay? You know, it's, you know, we're not fishing in the shallow one. We're fishing in the deep end. So Jesus tells them to throw their nets on the other side. And it says this, suddenly, and I love that word in the Bible, suddenly there were so many fish, they didn't have enough strength to pull it in. Then the disciple of Jesus said to Peter, it's the master, okay? When Peter 
recognized it was a master, he threw on some clothes, for he had stripped down for work, and he dove into the sea. And the other disciples came with the boat, for it was far from the land. Verse 10, okay? Jesus says this. Bring some of the fish that you caught, Peter, and join me. Okay, so they bring the fish. There's 150 big fish uh, in the net. And Jesus said this, breakfast is ready. But none of the disciples dared to ask him who he was, for they didn't recognize it was a master. Jesus took the bread and he gave him some bread. He did the same with the fish. And we get down to verse 15. Jesus starts talking to Peter kind of one-on-one. Starts having a conversation with him. And he says this, after breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, master, you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my lambs. And then he asked him a second time, John, do you love me? And he said, yes, master, you know that I love you. Then he said, shepherd my sheep. Verse 17, he said this a third time, Simon, do you love me? And Peter was upset this time on the third time. He goes, you know that I love you. You know everything about me. And Jesus replies, then go and feed my sheep. It's an amazing passage in the scripture. Peter has an epic failure. And after an epic failure, he goes back to fishing, goes back to what is comfortable to him, goes back to what he had identity in. I don't know if any of you have ever felt that way before where you've had a massive failure. And you're like, I just want to go back to somewhere that's comfortable, something that feels good. And so they go back, and they're out fishing, and they catch nothing. And I think it's interesting that they catch nothing because God didn't want them to catch anything. Because God didn't have a plan for them to be fishermen anymore. And Jesus shows up on the beach, and Jesus has made a fire, and Jesus has breakfast waiting for them. And I look at this passage, and to be honest with you, there's so much in this passage that we're going to do a series on it sometime next year. But today, I just want to look at what it looks like to be a good father. Because being a father is an incredibly huge deal in this world. When you have the ability to father, you have the ability to shape somebody's perspective of God. You know, when we were youth pastors, and I'm so blessed, um, one of my boys, his name is Zane. I met Zane when, oh gosh, well, you're a like, freshman or so. Yeah, back in the day, uh, up in Dayton. He lives in Louisville now, and he came by, and he just wanted to come see his old pastor. Come on now. Isn't that awesome, Zach? So, but I knew that I was not Zane's father, but I was a spiritual father to Zane. And when you're in this role as a father, you understand that I am shaping people's perspectives of how they see God the Father. And it's incredibly important. John uh, 21, verse 9, it said this, When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. I want to pose a question. How are you going to react when your kids have failures in life? Okay? Because it's going to happen. Um, we were in Michigan, and we were youth pastors there and, uh, for about nine years, and we had our senior pastor's kids, okay, and talk about pressure. You know what I mean? Like all four of their kids come through our youth ministry. And uh, luckily their kids loved us and adored us. And, 
And uh, I'll never forget one of their middle kids, Annie. She was going into, I think, her sophomore year. And uh, it was Halloween, and she was like, hey, um, she told her parents, like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. We're going to just, like, do some trick-or-treating, whatever. And she totally lied, and she went to this massive Halloween party, okay, a costume party. So if your kids ever want to go to a costume party someday, be like, heck no, in Jesus' name. They are, like, the worst things ever, okay? So she goes to this costume party, um, not dressed the best, let's just put it that way, and, um, and there's a bunch of drinking, and there's just a bunch of stuff going on, and um, somehow I found out as her youth pastor, and like knew I had to tell like my senior pastors, and so like I, you know, I meet with them, my heart's beating out of my chest, you know, I don't want to tell them their daughter's a failure, you know, and, and uh, I meet with them, and they were very gracious to me, and thanked me, and and they ended up meeting with Annie. And um, I remember when they got done meeting with Annie, because to be honest with you, I was terrified for Annie. I thought Annie was going to die that day, to be honest with you, okay? You know I mean? Like, growing up in my house, like, I mean, I mean, like, when I had, you know, major mistakes in life, I mean, I would have rather just died on the spot than deal with my, my parents growing up. I don't know if any of you uh, grew up in homes uh, like that at all. But I was terrified for Annie. And I, I mean, I thought Annie was just going to get it, you know? I remember, like, I was, like, talking to some staff members, and they were like, you told Pastor Jeff and Beth about Annie? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, Pastor Jeff is, like, 6'6", just, like, a big dude, you know what I mean? And, and when Pastor Jeff, like, got mad, like, his, like, vein his forehead would just, like, pulsate, you know? And they're like, dude, Pastor Jeff's vein is probably pulsating right now, you know what I mean? I'm like, I know. I'm so terrified for this girl, you know what I mean? We're, like, all talking about it. And, and Annie comes out of her mom and dad's office and, we're like kind of talking. I'm like, so like what happened? You know what I mean? I'm like waiting to hear the epic punishment. You know, I'm thinking like she's going to lose like her car and she's going to lose like her life and she's going to become a hermit in her bedroom. You know what I mean? And, um, and she was like, um, she's like, I got grounded for a week. And like inside of my soul was like an enraged fire that was just like burning. I was like, you got grounded for a week? You know what I mean? She was like, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? I'm like, are you serious? You know what I mean? Like, in my mind, I'm like, I want to I ground you for a year right now, you know what I mean, as your youth pastor, you know? And so, like, this bothered me for weeks. I mean, seriously, like, for weeks, every time I'd see Annie, I'd be like, I love you. And I hate you right now. I'm so frustrated with you. Or like, I would pass Pastor Jeff in the hallway, and I'd be like, Pastor Jeff, I see you. You know what I mean? Like, giving him the stink eye as he's walking down the hall. And it bothered me and bothered me and bothered me. And the Lord finally said, go talk to Pastor Jeff. I was like, why? I don't want to. He'll get mad at me. You know what I mean? He's like, go talk to Pastor Jeff. And so I sat on Pastor Jeff, and I was like, listen, I don't, I don't understand this. Like, Annie just had a massive like meltdown, a big mistake. You know, like Pastor Jeff and Beth didn't believe in drinking. We didn't believe in drinking. I mean, I don't know what anybody, I'm not here to talk about drinking, okay? Me and Jess, we don't drink. We teach our kids, like we want our kids to understand, just like Pastor Jeff and Beth, they were like, listen, we don't need drinking to have fun. And I don't ever want my kids to associate fun and drinking together. And so 
I'm thinking, I'm like, Pastor Jeff, like, Annie, like, failed, like, miserably. I'm like, why didn't you throw the kitchen sink at her? And Pastor Jeff looked at me and he goes, because I want to show her what Jesus looks like. When Jesus deals with Peter, how does Jesus show up? With a fire and breakfast, ready to love him. And he said, Jeff, he goes, listen, here's the deal. He goes, Annie has a great church. Annie has an amazing youth pastor in you that really loves her and believes in her. Annie's got a great home. And he said this, I would rather for Annie to make mistakes now in this season and to learn from those mistakes with grace and how God works than for her to make the mistakes in the next season when that church and her youth pastor and her mom and her dad and everybody that loves her isn't there anymore. And I'll never forget, it just kind of opened my eyes to see this perspective that love can abound through failure. And I think we have a hard time seeing that because we grew up, a lot of us in church where it was like rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. And when you failed, it was like everybody in the church, it felt like a thousand burning eyes were on you when you showed up to church. And it wasn't a great picture of God our Father because God our Father, Jesus shows up to Peter and he's made a fire, and he's got breakfast in the moment that you would think Jesus would go, what the heck, bro? You told me you wouldn't turn on me. I just went to the cross for you. I mean, this is how I would think. I'd be like, dude, I just got beat. And you didn't have enough guts to stand up for me? But Jesus is there with love. And because Jesus brings love, Jesus gets to do something super cool. He gets to reshape Peter's broken identity in that moment, okay? Because that's the real issue we're dealing with in that moment. It's not that Peter's a failure. It's not that God is done with Peter. It's just that Peter's identity had been shattered because of a mistake. And thank God that God lets me make mistakes, Thank God that he hasn't called me to be, perf- to be perfect, okay? Listen, great fathers know how to give their kids identity. Great spiritual fathers know how to give their spiritual kids great identity. So when Jesus goes into, hey, my mic is like, really? Is that me, John? Or is that something else? But when Jesus is dealing with this whole deal, okay, about feeding, when he says, hey, bro, do you love me? And he goes, hey, do you love me? Hey, bro, do you love me? And he's constantly asking this question. Jesus is shaping his identity. He's going, he's going listen, I want you to understand something, okay? Peter, I want you to see yourself beyond failure. And for a lot of us in this room, we need to see ourselves beyond our past. Because Jesus was making a clear statement to him. He was going, listen, bro, I want you to understand something, okay? Your past does not determine your future and where we're going in life. Your past is your past. And even if your past was last night, it's your past. 
and last night doesn't determine where Jesus wants to take you. God's got a great future. Jesus was helping Peter to go, listen, I need you to see yourself not in your failures, but I need you to see yourself in the kingdom of God and that you have a place, a seat in the kingdom of God and that you're worthy to be in the kingdom of God. See, there's a bunch of us today where we're questioning in our hearts, am I worthy to be a part of the kingdom of God? See, I can get up on stage today and go, hey, I want you to rest in the love of Jesus. And in your heart, you're going, man, I don't even know if Jesus loves me. I'm not talking to, I'm talking about Christians. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had those days. I'll read a scripture. Somebody will get on stage. Man, God loves you so much. Man, if you only knew what I did last week. See, failure always wants to shape who you are. Jesus' love always wants to reshape your identity. So you understand who you are in him, not in your failures. And this is what Jesus is doing with his life. Jesus is also making a profound statement. When he comes to Peter with a fire in the breakfast, he's saying this, I want a major on majors, and I want a minor on minors, okay? So Jesus comes to him and he says, hey, do you love me, okay? Now, we got to understand, in the Greek translation, this word love, when Jesus is using this word love, it doesn't mean love like the way that we see love in America, okay? Jesus is using this word love, and it's this word agape, so Jesus is going, Peter, do you agape me? And the word agape means this, to sacrifice, okay? And Jesus had just shown Peter, listen, I will sacrifice it all for you. I just gave my life for you and for humanity. So this is the kind of love that I'm giving. But I want to know, do you have that same kind of love for me, Peter? Jesus, you know what I love? He never brings up Peter's failure. Do you notice that? Jesus never once goes, man, I can't believe it. Three times? <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, let's think about this. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe once, maybe twice, but three times? Jesus never even talks about it. Because Jesus is concerned with the major. So many times when our kids fail or spiritual kids fail or our friends fail or somebody in our family fails, we're so concerned about this thing they did. And God's like, I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned with the root issue. What's the root issue? And so Jesus goes, hey, do you agape me? And why does Jesus ask him three times? Because the first two times, Peter responds not with agape, but this word called aphilio, okay? And it means this, affection, friendship, and trust. So Peter responds, no, I don't sacrificially love you. I aphilio love you. I affectionately love you. But here's the deal. Affection can change, okay? I can have affection towards a pizza place. Like, I love mod pizza, okay? Seriously, like, adore mod pizza, okay? Now, the reality is this. I can eat mod pizza enough times 
where suddenly my affection for mod pizza changes, correct? And all of a sudden, I'm like, ooh, Chipotle sounds good today. You know what I mean? And, and mod pizza's like, hey, are we in a breakup right now? What's going on? You know what I mean? I thought we had something going here. So Jesus is not dealing with friendship. Jesus is dealing in the realm of, hey, will you give it all for me like I gave it all for you? I want to deal with the major things. Good fathers deal with major things. So like in our household, okay, we have a few things that are major in our household, okay? Number one thing in our household is this, it's Jesus. We're going to love Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to worship Jesus in our house. We're going to have worship nights as a family. We're going to pray before we go to bed. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to read the Bible. We're going to celebrate Jesus in the Workmeister household, okay? Because that's a major thing in our household. Second major thing in our household is this, church. Can I just be real for a second? You want your kids to love Jesus? Get them to church. Keep them in church. Someday when we have a youth group, don't make it a choice to go to youth group. It is not a choice. You go to youth group because we got an amazing guy in Pastor Matt, an amazing guy in Pastor Levi, and they're going to shape and mold your kid's identity, and they're going to be strong men and women of God. So church in our household is not an option, okay? And when Ben sometimes goes, hey, what are we doing tomorrow? We got church. We go, no, uh uh. We don't feel about church. We go, yay, we're going to church tomorrow. Why? Because it's a major thing in our house. Okay? So that's number two. Number three, major thing is this. Okay? Family, love and respect. Big deal in our house. Family takes care of each other. Love and respect. So in our home, we don't have a ton of major things, okay? Like, for instance, like my my son Michael, okay? He loves the Golden State Warriors. It's going to put me in an early grave, and you are too, okay? All right? Let's just be honest, all right? So, So he loves the Warriors, okay? It's his choice. If Michael tomorrow woke up and said, Dad, I had a dream, and I want bright red hair. Okay, Dad, I'm going to dye my hair red. We'd go, well, dang it, but cool, you know what I mean? Like, awesome, like, good good for you, you know what I mean? If, if like, Michael, you know, went to the mall and, you know, like, saw some hideous clothes that we don't like but he loves, good for him. You see what I mean? But you know what really matters in our house is shaping his identity. Okay, so like a couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, bud, um, in a few weeks, you're going to start getting up early on Sunday morning. You're going to go with Matt and Levi. You're going to go help set up uh, church, and then you're going to start singing back up on the worship team because he's called to be a worship leader. And he had this look in his eyes, and I was like, what's wrong? He's like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And, and I was like, what's the issue? He's like, Dad, I'm just scared. He's like, wonder if people don't like me. Wonder if people don't like how my voice sounds. So what do we do? We go, okay, this is a major. We're not going to, because in, in the world we live in, the world would go, 
yeah, don't face your fears. But it's a major. This is one of our majors in our house. So we go, no, we're going to help you overcome because that's what Jesus has called you to be, an overcomer. So we're going to help you overcome and face your fears and become who God has called you to become. Because we tell Michael all the time, you're not on this earth to play basketball. He's not. Okay? He's on the earth to bring the presence of God. Like my wife has an anointing, that kid has an anointing in him. And he will stand on our stage someday, and we will all go, wow, the snotty-nosed kid grew up. And look at him. He's leading us into the presence of God. But it's only going to happen because we direct it. And we go, this is a major. And the minors, you love the warriors. It's a sad day for me. But God bless you. It's okay. It's all right. And last is this, John 21, verse 17. Jesus asked him a third time, Simon, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question a third time. He said to the Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus. And Jesus then says this, then feed my sheep. There's times we look at the word and we just kind of gloss over a, a phrase. And this is one of these phrases that is an incredibly important phrase because Jesus goes, I need you to feed my sheep. So what is Jesus saying, okay? Jesus is doing this. He's going, I'm encouraging you to be who I've created you to be. I got the coolest text ever. Can I brag? Is that okay? So Christina texted me uh, the other night, and um, it was like one of those like book long text, you know what I mean? And whenever a pastor gets a book long text, it's like, oh gosh, like something horrible has happened. You know what I mean? Like what is, what is going on? And, um, and we were out as a family and I was in the car and um, she said, I've been really struggling. Cause you know how you can see like the beginning of the text, but you can't see the rest of it. She's like, I've been really struggling. I'm like, God oh, dang it, what's going on? You know what I mean? She's like, I've been really struggling with this idea of praying out loud. She's like, prayer for me in my home was something that was like intimate. It was just like you and the Lord, okay? And I'm always like, let's pray for each other. Let's, let's pray out loud for each other. And I know people are like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna do? And I'm like, no, relax. Like, God will use you, okay? It's okay, okay? So she said, I've really been struggling with that, but I've been really challenged about that. And she said, I saw this woman, was it at Kroger or Meyer? Huh? Kroger, yeah, yeah. Where else would you be? Yeah, you, you don't go to Meyer. I'm sorry. Okay. So she's at Kroger. And she sees this lady walking out, and she's just struggling to walk. And she said, I really felt like the Lord was like, go talk to her. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And so Christina goes and she introduces herself to this woman and come to find out she had, she has MS, right? Came to find out she had MS and she was just really having a, a bad day. And Christina was like, but here's the greatest news. 
she let me pray for her and she let me love her. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what the kingdom looks like. This is what being in Jesus looks like. So when Jesus says to Peter, then feed my sheep, he's encouraging him to be who he was called to be. That's what good fathers do. That's what our heavenly father does for us. He encourages us with his love and his grace and his kindness and his mercy and his joy so that we can leave here and we can go be who we're called to be. Be who we're called to be to our families and our friends and our coworkers. Be who we're called to be to a broken world. So the question today is this. Do you see yourself a part of the kingdom? Or do you see yourself sometimes outside of the kingdom? Because God the Father today wants you to see that you're a son and a daughter of the Most High. And because you're a son and a daughter, that you have righteousness in Him. You stand in right standing with Him today. And because you stand in right standing with Him today, His grace and His love abounds to you. Right? And he's for you and he's not against you. And his spirit is alive in you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of you. So today he wants you to go. You're a son and you're a daughter. And if you're alive and if you're breathing, your time on this earth and your purpose for being here on this earth is not done. You're here. You're here. Okay. I don't, I don't remember your name, but you're Josh's dad. You're Josh's dad. And every time I see you, my heart fills with joy. Okay? My heart just bubbles up with joy because God isn't done with you. He's not done with you. He's not done. I don't know. You need to see that. There's still more to do. God still wants to use you. There's purpose. Until we breathe that last, we're on the earth for a reason. We're on the earth for a reason. We're called to be. We're called to be for others. Amen? Standing up today. Come on. I want to do this. Um, all the dads, raise your hand. If you're a dad, a dad, a grandparent, raise your hand. Okay. Find a dad. Keep your hand up. Put your, I want you to just lay. We're going to lay hands on dads today. Okay? We're going to lay hands on dads. Just find a dad. Put Dads, put your hands up. Okay? And we're going to pray for dads, okay? Dads have a big role. Huge roles. A lot of weight to carry. Lots of stress to carry. Okay? A lot of shaping, a lot of molding to do. Okay? But I want you to know this. If you're a dad in here, Man, we're raising the next generation for Jesus. How exciting is that? We're raising a generation that will see Jesus come back. Such purpose. Such purpose. Listen, Todd, that little boy that you're raising, that dude's a man of God. Okay? 
man of God. And as you seek and pursue, pursue Jesus, he will follow suit. That boy wants to be you someday. And you're a good man. You're a real good man. But you pursue Jesus with a reckless passion, and that kid will serve Jesus with a reckless passion. And he will lead people to Jesus. Amen? Come on. Let's pray for dads today. Father, we thank you for every single one of these amazing dads in the house. Every dad that is represented in Elevate Church, they're here or they're not here. God, we lift them up to you today. And Father, we release strength according to Ephesians chapter 3 from your unlimited resources in heaven. We release strength in grace upon their lives in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would increase their lives, increase their territories, I pray in Jesus' name. As they're faithful with the little, I pray, God, that you would bless them and make them abound with much in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, God, for strength in their hearts, strength when they go through hard days, strength when they go through troubling situations, strength when they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I pray in Jesus' name that they would feel your hand grabbing their hand, walking, leading, guiding, strengthening them through those seasons. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your grace would abound and they would feel the tangible love of a heavenly Father like they've never experienced before. Ryan, the Lord knows everything. <laughs> I just keep hearing that. The Lord knows everything. He knows it all. He sees it all. He knows it all. He sees it all. And he's got it all worked out. Like I just keep hearing that. I got it all worked out. Almost like a children's like nursery rhyme. Kind of like, like, it's like you just need to smile. You just need to smile. Like Jesus got it all worked out. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Uh, you're okay because I know because here's the deal you put the kingdom of God first all the time okay but the Lord says this because you put my kingdom first and you put those kids first okay those broken street kids first he goes I'm going to put you first and I'm going to put your family first in the name of Jesus amen amen come on grab a hand next to you let's pray so I say too, we're going to be down here at the front. If you need prayer for anything today, we would love to pray and agree with you about anything, anything, anything going on in your life. Bill, there is blessing and favor that is coming in new ways. says draw nine to him Bill draw your eyes unto him and he is going to reveal some new things to you faithful faithful Bill said the Lord says Bill is faithful in Jesus name Father, we praise you. We thank you for everything you've done here today. 
We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Jesus, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, we praise you. Jesus, we glorify you. Thank you. Thank you, God, Father, for being such a beautiful father to us. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you, God. God, we praise you. And we love you. I pray that you'd fill this Father's Day with joy and peace and grace and love today. And we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody agrees. Said? Amen. We love you. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy a great day. We'll see you next Sunday. Love you, love you, love you.